Hi there, welcome to Scattered People number 19. We're going through the book of Acts together and I don't know if these are helping you, these devotional videos each day, but I've got to tell you they're helping me. Uh, I love all the comments you've been posting on YouTube, social media, hashtag scattered people. Please carry on doing it. I'm encouraged that you're finding these beneficial, but I've got to tell you, I am finding these beneficial myself. Just going through Acts slowly and asking the question, God, what are you trying to say to us as Christians through this coronavirus season? And uh, what are you trying to say to our churches? My eight-year-old son said to me uh, just this morning as we got up, I'm getting ready to record this video. He said to me, Dad, at the end of this, this lockdown, things aren't going to be the same, are they? Like when your own eight-year-old son recognizes this is actually a life-defining, a church-defining moment in history, uh, it, it's time for us to start studying God's word and saying, what, what does a church look like that we are going to start gathering again? We're scattered people now. When we get to gather again, what should church look like? And so I believe this message today is hugely important. I'm going to try and keep it brief because I've got so much that I could say on these verses. We're in Acts 4, 32 to 37. Some of those most radical, revolutionary, challenging verses in the book of Acts. If you've got a Bible, read with me. Acts 4, 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. Let me say that again. There was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he goes on to become one of the apostles later in Acts, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So you've got this radical scene of the church in Jerusalem. This is the early months of the church, of people people not considering their possessions their own, radical, of them selling their possessions, bringing the money to the apostles, the elders of the church, as it were, uh, and, and laying the money down and saying, you distribute it, radical. And as a result, there was no needy person among them, radical. So I want to just, just point out how does this challenge us? On four different levels, I want to talk about us as Christians, us as the church scattered, as we are now, as the church gathered, as when we actually get to, to meet together again in person, uh, particularly on a Sunday. And I want to talk to church leaders. What does this mean about the way we lead and structure our churches? Because this has to change everything. And uh, as we're in this season where we are more and more conscious of the gap between those who are rich and those who are poor, Man, we have got to take this seriously. We, our churches must look different when we go back from this coronavirus season. So let me just try and unpack a little bit. Just four of the things I've felt that God's been saying to me uh, as I've been looking at these verses. First of all, I think there is just the challenge for the rich. A challenge for the rich. It says there was no needy person among them. And I don't know about you, but I, I live in one of the wealthiest parts of London, which of course is 
one of the wealthiest areas of the UK, which of course is one of the wealthiest nations in the world. So I, I live in an epicenter of wealth. And one of the things we've been realizing at Everyday Church in this season is actually just how well off we are. Now, the truth is there are people in the UK that are troubled by this coronavirus lockdown, but their lives are not being devastated by it. Whereas there are many within the UK whose lives are actually being devastated, lost their job, haven't got any spare saving money. They're living in a one bedroom flat with several children. Uh, they've got no garden. They, you know, this is not the, the spiritual retreat they're always longing for. This is a living nightmare. And I think the first challenge, which is for the rich, for maybe people like myself living in an affluent part of the world, leading a relatively affluent church, is are the poor among us? See, I think it might be true. There is not a needy person among us at many of many churches in the Western world. But it's not because we're helping the poor. It's because the poor come and decide not to come back. See, next to this verse in Acts 4, we have to take Matthew 26, verse 11, where Jesus said, you will always have the poor among you. I think in this season, God's simply saying to us, I'm, I'm showing you in this season whether or not you have the poor among you. One of the guys in my life group is living in a two bedroom flat. Uh, with his wife, his two kids. His wife doesn't work. She's bringing up their young kids. He said to me, uh, just uh, our life group meeting last week, uh, I run my own business. It's 27 days since any customer ordered anything. Wow, that is a poverty that I'm not experiencing personally. Have we got lots of stories like that? Like the lady who texted me, it's a good friend of ours who's recently joined our church, who's going through lockdown on her own with her two teenage kids in a two-bedroom flat, no garden, not even a balcony. Are we, I'm encouraged when I see, actually, wow, there are needy people among us. Um, I, I feel like this is a season where God is highlighting to the church whether or not there are poor people in the midst at all. I think it's a season where God's highlighting actually for uh, the church scattered, that is small groups, you know, how we're meeting at the moment. Uh, lots of the small groups at Everyday Church meeting via Zoom and WhatsApp and connecting with one another. What does it mean for there to be no needy person among us? Well, it starts at the beginning of these, these six verses I read to you. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions were their own. There's this mindset that the early Christians had that they were not uh, a, a tight-knit nuclear family living under lockdown, you know, like we are at the moment. We know who our nuclear family is because it's, it's who we're quarantined with. They were not feeling like that was their basic unit of society and they would find a church that was particularly good for their family. They had a consciousness that the church was their family and that their little household was part of that bigger family. Again, I think the challenge for the church right now, for us as, in, as individuals within the church, as the scattered church, is God's giving us opportunities to actually recognize that it's not every man for himself. That actually the believers who are in maybe your life group, my life group, the believers who are in our particular network of friends, or you know, you understand the importance of geography at a time like this, the believers who live within walking distance of your house and my house, actually my possessions belong to them as well. It's like I'm not I'm not stockpiling. I am actually ordering more than my family needs at the moment. You might think that's terrible of me. No, but the reason I'm doing that is I'm giving some stuff away. I actually want to be like the boy who brought his loaves and fish to Jesus, that God's going to use me to provide for those around me who haven't got enough. 
think there's a challenge for us as a church around the fact that we have for so long got used to the idea that the people we're quarantined with right now, our nuclear family, that that is our family. I feel like God's trying to recalibrate things in this season to help us to realize, no, the church is your family and your household is a small part of that. I think that then brings me finally to what's God saying to church leaders. See, it's really fascinating that the, the, uh, the early Christians sell their fields and bring the money to the apostles, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. They lay the, the money down at their elders' feet. Now, I am an elder, I'm a pastor, I'm trying to lead a church which is going through some significant financial challenges because our, our, the giving to everyday church has gone down a lot in this season because people are battered and, and are taking a hit financially. I get that. It'd be easy for me to kind of find the application for everyone else and even for you if you're part of everyday church, for me to be saying, give generously, which of course I am. But that's not the main thing I'm taking out of this. The main thing I'm taking out of this is if people laid their money down at the feet of most pastors in the UK and the Western world, the question I'm asking is how much of it would make its way to the poor? See, here's the thing. At the moment, uh, at every day, we're we're cost-cutting. We are looking at money we spend, uh, which we don't need to spend, that we can reduce the spend on. We've put a few people on furlough, like many churches, you know, you're looking at does every member of staff need to stay on team? You ask really tough questions. I want to I, 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 I be challenged and I want every Western church leader to be challenged that when, the, when this season's over, when income goes up again, that we don't then immediately start spending the money again on those things. If we've stripped them out, then it's because we are to keep that money to give to the poor among us. We've got a family fund at Everyday Church. So if you're part of the church and you're in financial need, the elders are able to access a fund of money in order to help you. But it's pitifully small compared with the challenge. We've got a wonderful charity that we're connected with called the Rowlett Trust, which is linked to Everyday Church. Again, helps those who are poor and in need. But I think as elders, we give them pitifully little time, the trustees of that charity, to help them to work out what's our coordinated strategy for helping the poor. Here's the challenge I have here. I think sometimes we're able to say there's no needy person among them because we're generally not reaching the needy. And the second challenge I get is where we are reaching the needy, and that's definitely being exposed right now. What are we doing to help them? There's a church leadership thing around how we raise up uh, uh, funds and structures and systems to help the poor. And then we'll see in a couple of days' time when we get to Acts 6, actually the, the apostles, the elders of the church, got overloaded with the practical need. And in the end, they start saying, do you know what? We'll take the funds, but other people are going to administer this. They appoint the seven deacons. I think there's an element in which if you're a pastorate leader, a life group leader, if you're just a, 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 a devoted church member, that you don't leave this to the pastors of the church. You say, actually, this is what it means to be part of our church. There will be loads of needy people joining our church. And very soon after getting connected with this loving, spirit-filled community, there'll be no needy persons among us. This is what I'm praying and meditating about. I'm having some meetings, actually, even this week about this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to dig into what would it mean for us to 
truly use this moment to gather back in a way that helps the poor more than we are currently doing. I encourage you, join me on this journey. Keep praying and I would love to see your comments. I'm no expert on this, so you will have some wisdom that I have not got. Let me know YouTube comments or hashtag scattered people. Let's talk about this. God is bringing the poor and the needy onto our agenda in this season. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow for some more scattered people.